On the 8th and 9th of December 2022, the 41st edition of the annual BAM Marketing Congress took place. The Belgian Association of Marketing, event organizer of course, add some noise and Alluvision joined forces to meet with the most inspiring national and international marketing speakers for a fun chat. The result is 13 unique podcasts with fascinating marketing stories, useful tips and tricks, anecdotes and so much more. In this episode, I talked with Brisele Blevenik. He was a co-founder of Imakina, Belgium's largest digital marketing agency, and he wrote a book called Visions of a Better World. There he dissected 30 great challenges we face, from food production to even immortality. Oh, and he wants to put an end to collapsology? In this podcast, we're sending you back to the future. Hi, Breeze. Thanks for being here. Thank you for your uh, talk at the Marketing Congress. Uh, thank you, Stephen, for inviting me. <laughs> uh, for people who haven't seen your talk, can you maybe summarize it in a few minutes and what's the main idea that you that you are bringing? So the book is uh, named Vision of a Better World. Uh, it exists in English and in French. And uh, I examine 30 big topics, 30 big uh, challenge of humanity, Mm-hmm. Uh, food, uh, art, uh, transportation, energy, space travel, and reproduction. And I try to study the problems and uh, find way of solving it. I don't have all the solutions, but at least I have some ideas on how we should search and what we should try to dig further to solve those big issues of humanity. And uh, it's also a funny book because every chapter is tied by a science fiction story happening in 2051, so it's 30 years from now. Uh, and then I goes into the, the vision itself and then a kind of more uh, Cartesian demonstration with lots of references. Mm-hmm. So uh, this makes you kind of a geek Harari, I would say. And so, uh, uh, exactly. <laughs> so how do you feel the human race will evolve uh, the next 30 years? It's in the book, of course. but uh, Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a vague question. There's lots of topics. <laughs> it's so a vague question, which one yeah. are you? Okay, I can just, uh, t- to give you some idea, every chapter goes from uh, science, so very likely to happen, to fiction, uh, mm. very unlikely to happen unless we break some law of physics. Okay, mm. so all the chapters are in that order, and, and in between, you you got other stage like innovation, disruption, etc. So the most likely thing that uh, impact our civilization is, of course, the advent of uh, machine learning and deep learning and AI mm-hmm. that is really changing deeply every field. Uh, and in the book, I start by the chapter about art. So I examine how art will be impacted with new AI-based tool. Uh, you, you know that in the latest version of Photoshop yes. and Adobe Creative Suite, you can create textures and and uh, invent part in the mis- missing part in the picture thanks to AI. But it's going really further. Uh, AI being able not to compose classical symphonies or create um, uh, a track from the Beatles uh, without the Beatles uh, oh. to write a text uh, or 
games and chat and create 3D models, etc., etc. So we see that it's going to impact a lot uh, our whole civilization. <coughs> Not just the practice of art, but who's the author? What about uh, protecting the right of uh, designers once the art has been digested by uh, machine learning and, and people are creating new art in their style? Who's the author, etc.? Et what about uh, financing the right of authors once an AI is writing for them? Uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of stuff about just art and AI, and this is the first chapter on 30 chapter in the book. Okay, I will read them all, I promise. Huh? So uh, uh, one of the things Harari also mentioned is, uh, I think in this, in this laser, in the second book, is like uh, once we solve all problems huh, that we, that we that we used uh, to solve in the past, one we will solve them at the, uh, at the moment. What will be meaning then? Because solving problems and, and surviving and, and, and looking for, for a way to move forward is, is uh, something that keeps us busy. If all these things are solved, what what will give us meaning? What, what is your what's your take on that? So if you if you read the book, you'll understand that we will never solve all problems. Okay. We are constantly facing new problems and trying to find ways uh, avoid them. And sometimes civilization disappear, new civilization. Uh, are, are born and and we always are faced to new problems. Okay. Every solution has also created new problems. You know, electricity okay. create uh, new problems. Uh, nuclear create new problems. But there is also some interesting tra uh, things we can explore with nuclear. And so every new uh, advance creates its own problems that we have to solve and move to the next one. Yeah. Since the invention of the wheel. Yeah, so it's actually good. We should embrace these problems. We should. Uh... Yeah, the, the the main uh, trigger that um, made me write this book is a really fighting collapsology, that vision that the world is gonna end. There is not enough resource for everyone, yes. and we should restrict ourselves to eating the potato from the neighbor garden and not travel anymore and don't experience the world and, and discover anything because we won't be able to travel. It's not sustainable. Blah blah blah. This is something I really. Uh, want to fight and yeah. I really believe that we need to experience more and open more possibilities but for that we need to trust science approach the scientific approach the technical progress and the human ingenuity yeah. with the creativity the technology and the scientific approach we can solve every problem that we created yeah. because most of the problem that we are facing it we create them and then we solve them and we create new ones and then we solve them and we create since the dawn of the world and this will never end no what about society legislation and because i i interviewed uh, Mika de Kedler who was uh, in artificial intelligence and she one of the things she said is science, scientists just want to solve problems so they they move forward They don't care what, what will be done with it. So there we need legislation to kind of uh, uh, push it into a certain direction or, or put a layer on top of it. So I, I can imagine that's important as well. In the of course, but uh, the legislation is just the translation in the text mm. of the morale or the ethics of a certain yes. moment of society. Yes. But society evolves. Let's see, just in Belgium, can you imagine that in France... Uh, euthanasia, it's a total taboo and totally forbidden, while it's generally accepted in Belgium and legal. So the science... True. The science has no ethics, really. They just—they're not even solving problems. They just want to understand the world. Mm -hmm. You know, it goes... It's just facts, uh, searching for understanding the world. That's all. There's no morale in there. Mm -hmm. And then 
using science and, and progress and human creativity, the fantastic imagination of humans, we find new possibilities. Then those possibilities are sometimes there, there is no law, which is the case for a lot of things around AI today. Yes. We have no idea what would be the law of uh, property of uh, rights on new creation based on someone else's work. You know, so we need to invent new laws. Sometimes it's against the law. Yes. Uh, and sometimes the law will change because the society change and ethics change. Ethics is really a problem. It's different from one country to another one. If we would apply the rules of Saudi Arabia to Belgium, um, <laughs> it, it would be really difficult for, for having all those women with their, their hair. And, you know, and if we would apply the ethics yeah. of Belgium yeah. in Saudi Arabia with uh, euthanasia, gay marriage, and, you know, so the law are just an expression of a certain ethics and morale of society at a certain time. And it will evolve because we cannot stop the progress. It's sure. very difficult to stop the progress. You know, um, we will use uh, CRISPR-Cas9 and have mutation in vegetables because we can solve millions of people by having better agriculture. We, we're going to be 9 to 11 billion people. If we don't allow ourselves this tool, we will have to kill billions of people. What's more ethics? Killing billions of people or using the tool at hand? So then you know, the law will just evolve. Science will prevail in the end. In the end, yeah. it's very difficult to stop the insane curiosity of the human being. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it re reminds me of the story of uh, abortion in the States where uh, everybody was very against, but what they saw, like 20 years later, uh, 20 years later, after, they, uh, after it was... Uh, Legal. There was a lot, a lot less crime because uh, uh, people ended up uh, in uh, in uh, criminal uh, uh, means uh, uh, if if they were born after all. So it's uh, it's it's always uh, like exactly. just reality. Yeah? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So 30 years. You're looking 30 years ahead of you. Um, this puts just puts you right in the middle right now because you're in the industry for 30 years i would say and that's more true or less yeah, so so it's uh, looking back looking forward it's an interesting position to be in yeah? so in 30 years you will be like 80 i, I would uh, would assume so uh, exactly yeah. <laughs> thank you <Steven. laughs> yeah, something something like that i did my research uh, mm. otherwise i would have said uh, 70 of course uh, please uh, but uh, i know it's uh, uh, it's uh, it's going to be 80 so I guess a lot has changed the last uh, 30 years. <laughs> yes. In the industry. You know, 30 years in ago, general. the internet did not exist. The smartphone did not exist. <laughs> the GPS did not exist. You know, I remember having to date a girl and going into uh, by train in Antwerp <laughs> with my paper map. You know, I never met the girl. I couldn't call her. There's no phone. You know, fixed phone, but no mobile phone. So I went back to Brussels in train and I never met her. Thanks God, the world has changed. But I saw so incredible changes to, you know, my first computer was a ZX81. Mm. It had 1K of memory. Huh? 1K. 1K is... is one, me yeah, <laughs> one megabyte is, you divide it by one million, you got 1K. Yeah. So one terabyte, you divide it, but 1,000, 1 million, and you got 1K. And in my phone today, I got uh, one terabyte. In my, my phone, I got one terabyte. Can you imagine that it's 
1,000 million more than my first computer. And I won't talk about the speed of my first computer. It was a ZX80 uh, processor running at 16 megahertz. Uh-huh. And today we're more like at 5 gigahertz. Uh-huh. You know, so the factors are so big that you can imagine that, of course, it won't, it won't uh, be the same speed again. But 30 years is really far in terms uh-huh. of tech. Just this year, we went from barely creative text stories to AI that can generate a whole movie mm. based just on the text description. So we went from text describing text story with GPT-3, then we had creation of image with uh, DALI and Dali, Imagen yeah. and all those, and now we have an uh, engine uh, creating videos in less than a year. So now imagine that times 30, I have no idea, but maybe each of us will have like a brain implant feeding us incredible stories made to optimize your or emotion based on or past reading and yeah. you know we. I'm sh- one thing I can tell you, it's it's impossible to imagine how far we will be in 30 years. Yes, because... It'll be beyond your current imagination. Because, you know, let me give you another example. Sure. When I was a, a teenager, I, I had a friend who was a geek too, and we, we had both access to... You know the first computers, and we were imagining, oh, we'll be the the future, the computer really of the future, when we'll be very old. You know, it would have one thousand pixel by one thousand pixel. You know, which is less than my Apple Watch, and it would have one thousand color, which is less than my watch. You know, and it would have memory of one megabyte, which is less than my watch. You know, can you imagine that? The, the 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 biggest thing we could imagine is not even what I have in my watch today. Yeah, and uh, as they say, the. <coughs> A, a typical uh, smartphone has way more computing power than the first space shuttles they sent uh, sent uh, to the moon. Yeah, so exactly. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it, it asks a lot of imagination. I think the role for science fiction is uh, is there to make us dream and make us think. I guess. It's, uh, I guess you're a science fiction fan yourself. And, uh... Yes, and the science fiction has also inspired a lot of scientists and researchers. And in, in the Silicon Valley, too, a lot of the, the people there mm. trying to do, you know, uh, Amazon Alexa. And they're really inspired by things they read as teenagers, yes. uh, science fiction. The guys that are trying to make do- drones, which allow you to fly from one place to another. And all of us are pretty much cyborg today. You know, if you remember, cyborgs are half men and half robots and yes. we we are almost that with our smartphones we we have access to infinite knowledge and instant communication globally this is less than what uh, it's it's more than what expected cyborgs being able to do in science fiction i was reading when i was a teenager so science fiction is a really a way of inspiring the future and this is why i started each of my chapter in the book yeah. by a science fiction story that depicts something which is crazy unbelievable but then we enter the vision and then then we enter the rationalization part, and there's a QR code that links to page with tens and dozens of links to white paper, uh, research paper, innovation, proof of concept, yes. video, etc. That show that it is a possibility. Yes, we want to prove that it will be possible. While in the end, we should, should just dream. Eh? In the end, we should just dream. And, but uh, dreaming, yeah. dreaming is one part. Yeah. But one of the reasons why I wrote this book is because I want also to motivate the, the kids that start studying to go study science and research instead of trying to get rich or famous as an influencer yeah. or doing survey 
economic study and to become a banker. Yeah. No, this is so boring. It's much <laughs> more interesting to try to tackle the big challenge of science. We, we need them. Mm. And also, I want companies to invest more into innovation and less into marketing. I want government to subsidize research more than you know the next uh, Amazon uh, logistics center. I yes. know it creates uh, jobs, but we also need more money into research. So I hope that this book will inspire at least a few kids to make this future a possibility instead of trying to get rich. That's so boring. Okay, I'll use your book to read my kids' bedtime stories so they get, uh, <laughs> they get it with them. So. Yes, good idea. Did you enjoy this episode? Leave your opinion on LinkedIn with the hashtag BOMMarketingCongress and let's continue the discussion. Stay up to date with other BOM news through marketing.be and keep December 7th and 8th, 2023 open in your calendar for the 42nd edition of the BOM Marketing Congress. See you there.